All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Hive. This is Brian Wright with my sometimes co-host, Carl Baby K. Roberson. So, Mr. Carl, we've been waiting for a long time to get news about what your next fight's going to be. We should just get down to it and let everyone know that it's come together. Yeah, man. May 12th, uh, stepping into the heart. Heart of the Beast. Who are you fighting? Uh, Cesar Ferreira in uh, Mutante in Brazil. Yeah, Rio so de Janeiro, Rio de Janeiro. Is this going to be a pay per view? Yes, yes, it is. And I think you're a main card fight on that yes, as well. Yes, I am. Yeah, is where's Cesar ranked? We gotta look that up. Uh, I don't think he's ranked in the top fifteen. No, he might have moved up to fifteen. Actually, I, I should have done some homework before we hopped on here. They don't update it on a regular basis. So yeah, he might actually be fifteen right now because some guys dropped off. But, yeah, so that's a big fight. So we've got a big, strong lefty, I guess, Vitor Belfort's his mentor. Yeah, man, didn't get the – That was the fight we wanted, but didn't get Yeah, so we get the son. And I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm okay with that too. So with that kind of fight, it's a little bit longer layoff than we really wanted, but whatever it is, what it is. So you're going to be fighting in May. We were ready to go for March because there's the possible March 3rd fight. So we started training for that. And then, yes, we did. But we're still going out to Vegas, going to go out there and get some training in over that weekend. Get yeah. to see Frankie and Brian Ortega get at it, which Should is also a very good fight. And then get out to the UFC Performance Center. So Institute. Institute. What are you going out there for? Because uh, I don't think people realize the – the many different things they offer there besides free food and weights. Okay, free food is amazing. Cooks are amazing. Shout yes, out it to is. The cooks at the institute, cause damn. Uh, even though I wasn't able to eat, but damn. Uh, they offer everything. Go out there, get my specs done, my body weight, muscle mass, blood. Uh, see what I burn more, fat or muscle when I'm working out. Just the whole aspect of everything a fighter would need. To be his best version of himself. The minute we started working with them, everything got easier. Definitely. Your 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 weight cut much easier. Your strength and conditioning was more in line with what I needed. Yes. Not it wasn't just getting in shape, but it was actually getting in shape specifically for the kind of fight that you were going into. It wasn't picking things up and putting them down. Yes, that's for damn sure. Specific training regimen that actually uh, helped a lot. I liked it. And then balancing out the the diet and nutrition with the workouts. That was the one thing, the specialized aspect of it to see working with a real nutritionist who understood that the workouts that you had, and then you were actually eating specific meals based on the kind of workout yeah, you did. Trying to kind of day I'm going to have I had a specific meal plan for that day. So they made sure that you always had energy and you weren't massacring your muscle yeah, mass. Keeping my yeah. muscle mass while losing weight, uh, healthy, the healthy way. And yeah. Starving myself. And it, it's really crazy how how much better it was going into a fight mentally, not having to kill yourself to make weight. Exactly. I mean, exactly. you cruised into that yeah. last weight cut. That was a that was an amazing weight cut. I don't think you hit the sauna. Nope, not hitting the sauna once. Or the yeah, jacuzzi and sweatsuit. That's it. That was it. Like an hour in a sweatsuit, and that was good. The one that kills me are the guys that put the sweatsuits on for weeks at a time, going yeah. into a fight, and Most just killing themselves but that's usually a young fighter without the right coaching because what you don't understand is that the earlier you do it the less is going to work 
because your body's going to get used to being that hot, and it's not it's going to be able to handle the heat, so you're not going to sweat as much. Well, the other one too is the longer that you're staying in a deficit, the more of a breakdown your body's going to have. the The trick is to cut weight in the shortest time possible, stay at weight as little as possible, exactly. and then get rehydrated and all that is pretty much you wanna, quickly. You want to so surprise system. your body so yeah. it can't react or fight it, and then replenish your body so the effects doesn't i i had guys not listen and they did a long weight cut and they were sweating things out wearing the the rubber suit for weeks and i had one dude got kidney stones from it i mean it's terrible what you can do to your it's body dangerous. it's really dangerous you gotta be careful people die from this so you gotta yeah that was gotta do it the right way uriah hall had a stroke and a heart yeah, attack yeah. i mean that dude basically killed himself in the weight cut it's crazy he was he was damn near on weight the thing that, that too is why would you take away your the opportunity by just not taking advantage? When I say the opportunity, every fight is an opportunity to better your life. I mean, you have to win in this business to stay in this business. This is this is very different than most endeavors. I mean, you you not only do you have to win, but you have to win well. You have to put on a performance that people are going to take notice of. It, it, it's a complicated, high-pressure business. Why would you not take advantage of what the UFC offers? Get involved with the nutritionists, the doctors, the strength and conditioning coaches, and just put together the right package that's going to get you where you want to be. At least give it a shot. It, there's, I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen is you don't like it. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not going to not work unless unless you're – what's his face? Francis. Ningano. No, I don't know. No, it worked. He just didn't do what he needed to do. He didn't do everything he needed to do. He didn't wrestle. Yeah. That was for damn sure. He wasn't in wrestling shape. That's the other one too because strength and conditioning is – it's a vital part of what we do, but yeah, it can't be the main thing you do. Strength and conditioning is the icing on the cake yes. of our sports. It, just, it gives you that extra push to be able to handle a body being on you or getting punched and – Going through the wear and tear of a fight. Eighty percent of your time still has to be on the mat yeah. doing what you do. So if you spend eighty time doing strength and conditioning, you're not a fighter. You're a CrossFit. Yes. So yeah, you might so be a fitness for, competitor. Yeah, if you look for abs, then you're in the wrong sport. Yeah, don't worry about your abs. Worry about knocking people's chins off. I know people with abs. I can't take a body shot. That's true. That's true. We see that quite a bit. So this, we've got a lot of time to get ready for this. How do you feel going into camp? Uh, you know, I'm good. Like truthfully, I hate this. That oh, I'm feeling great. This, this, and that. Cause you're never ever feeling great, especially at the beginning of camp. Cause your body has to get used to it again. And but, there's always the weirdness with yeah. like the dinks and whatnot that yeah, you carry so over. We're working through the dinks and stuff. Uh, the weight's already low, so I don't have to really worry about that as much. So pretty much focusing on the game plan or the fine tuning the machine. The machine to go out there and uh, eat truthfully, cause I'm hungry and they they, they haven't seen. The best version of me yet. Well, we haven't had the right opponent to yeah. do that either. And I'm happy I got this opponent because I know he's going to push me, and that's that's what I want. Like, truthfully, everybody wants to, like, that knockout. Like, oh, I want to knock somebody out. Just, no, I want to beat somebody up. I want somebody – I want to break somebody. And that's what I'm going to look out there and do. Well, you can't break somebody unless they're trying to break you. And yeah. that's and that's that's hopefully – we're going to get somebody that's actually going to come after you a little bit, and we're yeah. going to get an opportunity to do some work. Something. Because they tried wrestling me. That didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not give too much away too fast yeah. here. You they know. tried, but we adapt well. And 
You, you just situation. you're prepared. That's yeah. the best way to put it. Well prepared. I, I challenge anybody to come at you anyway. You know, they can try and wrestle fuck you. They can yeah. try and stand with you. They can try and submit you. I don't care. No, Bring it on. People don't see what I go through in training camp, so they're like, oh, he can't be prepared for that. I don't give a shit. If, I don't, I'd be getting my ass kicked. I don't give a shit if they even saw it. Yeah. it you can't stop it. I I, that, I say this a lot with the better high caliber guys like yourself. You you do think you do certain things so well. It doesn't matter if they know. They should know it's coming because it's what you do. But you do it in a way that even if you know, you can't stop it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the guys that you spar with on a consistent basis have trouble with it, and they know it's coming. And they've seen <laughs> it. You know. So it, it is what it is. I have to throw out there, it was really funny because cause, uh, Corey Anderson said that I'm an accessory to murder when you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> and and he meant that as a derogatory statement, but I have to take that as a compliment. So, But I, I, I do call out kill shots, but I don't mm-hmm. give a shit. They can't say that. I don't hear it. I got, I got codes in my name. That's yeah, I know. So I I'm know. Like, Mark like, Henry's like, do the Carl. Do Stop. First of all, we need to change that. Add something to it because we said my name. I'm gonna look at you. He gonna throw a combo. Surprise! I got hit. Oh man, yeah, that that is just part of the way in which we roll with this yeah, team. It's so. all love though. Like I appreciate it. Like if someone, like you must be doing something right. Someone start making codes after you. So I that's true. It. And it makes me adapt more. And that's the good thing about training with high caliber people consistently. Uh, y'all get to know each other, so you always have to adapt to get the up on each other. It's hard to come into the the circle that we've kind of developed yeah, here. It's a high high level circle. It and it's a high level of skill. It's a high 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 level of work. The 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 hardest the thing that separates what I'm seeing with this crew is just the amount of work on every range. You guys are always in the gym you're always working on everything there's nothing that's being ignored you're wrestling you're rolling hitting the strength and conditioning hitting pads pushing each other sparring i mean you're getting it in so you want a lot of guys i see they'll they'll go to the areas where they're most comfortable but you and uh cory and rex like the thing with you guys you're all good at things each other not good at yeah. so you have to push each yeah, other yeah. that way like you have to wrestle if you go to court yeah. you have no chance you have to wrestle <laughs> yeah we learned that early <laughs> yeah you learned that early i mean and guys have to block kicks if they're yeah. going with you and you have to watch punches if you're going with rex yeah, yeah. And, and you all can dirty box and everybody's good on the ground and you know it, it just it's good so you guys are constantly pushing each other you're always keeping each other uncomfortable and that's why we're getting the results we're getting exactly so Corey's fighting too coming up. Corey's got Pat Cummings. He's fighting him in twenty-second in Jersey. Yeah, he's fighting in Atlantic City card. I really would have enjoyed being on that card. I would have, but our time will come. I'm so instead of fighting an hour from home, to fight like twenty-four hours. From we now. have to go to Rio because I don't think we threw out there that you're actually fighting a Brazilian in Brazil. That's why I said the harder beast. And that's why. Yeah, I don't know if everyone understood that though. Yeah. They think like maybe your heart is the heart of a beast well, or some weird too, shit. But... but you know, the thing about Brazil that you have to get used to. Well, we don't really care because we fought in a quiet room yeah. <laughs> on the contender series. But when you come out, the Brazilians they'll either boo you or they'll just be silent. It's kind of or, odd. No, or they'll chant out, uh, "You're going to die." Yes, yes. Depends. It depends on who you're fighting. Well, yeah. Vitor looks like he's getting his retirement yeah, fight that he's day. Fighting Leoto on that fight. 
So two Brazilians fighting each other that are kind of at the end of their career. That's interesting. Yeah, but I think I'm pretty sure Leo Leoto has a younger body because he didn't he hasn't went through so much trauma that Vitor has. Trauma. That's but that's what we're sticking with. That's, that's what <laughs> that's you're going to say. Trauma. With. That's what we're sticking with. Trauma. That's politically sticking with way. sticking with is a good way to put it. By yeah, the way, you see, we're you see, you see sticking with it. You see that did that? I, I think that was unintentional, yeah. but it was still good. Though. It was still good. It was still good. Yeah, I I think Vitor has put his body through the ringer. I think Lioto for sure, but he's been busted too, and he didn't even fight. He was like, "Yeah, you got me." Yeah. So, but the Brazilians, it but is. Never, but but, but Lioto, you never seen a drastic change like what like night and day with Lioto. It wasn't like that. Lioto was never chiseled and like explosive. He always was the same Lioto. No, he was a heavyweight. He went. He was a big boy yeah, and but brought he it wasn't down. A chiseled heavyweight. No, he, he was, was not. Thick. Yeah, but to get as chiseled as he ended up getting, I think there was that one point. He never was really chiseled. But I think when he first came into the UFC, like when he fought Tito Ortiz, I think that era, I think everybody was on yeah, because the testing Tito, was so Tito bad. Tito had like a 12-pack. Yeah, and his head just kept getting yeah, bigger every fight. Yeah, that fit his body, but, you know, that is yeah. what it is. I just think that generation, it, it's just they all were on it. Generation of monsters. Generation S. But the... A lot of other countries have a different stance on performance, performance enhancers than we do. I mean, in Eastern European countries, that's just yeah. – that's like – when you say vitamins, that's yeah, yeah. what they – They give it out like they, it's candy. Yeah, they, they're thinking of steroids as vitamins. Like, I mean – You don't – you'll get weird looks if you don't do it. Like, you don't take steroids? No, motherfucker. You don't. Yeah, I, I, I actually think that the problem with steroids, I find that – it's a mental crutch, and I think it's better to not get caught up in that. Because truthfully, everybody who does the steroid route and gets caught and like stops, they're on a downward spiral. Be- and, and, and instead of John Jones, he, I don't know what the fuck wrong with him. But he's just crazy. Yeah, but everybody else, because they, they they feel weaker in their minds, like they feel like they can't do as much, and then next you know they get punched and they go to sleep. Do you do you struggle with self doubt as a fighter? Uh, yeah, every fighter. With That's kind of a test because if you said no, I was going to yeah, call bullshit on that. If you're lying, if you say you don't, you're lying. But the difference between great fighters and good fighters is you work to fight that self-doubt. Like everything I felt like I, I doubt myself with, I make sure that I work extra hard at that. So if I feel well, like my cardio is not good, guess what I'm doing? Extra shit. But you can you can use that as in a positive way or yeah, a negative way. Exactly. There are some people that get beat down by fear. There's some exactly. people. Hey, I readily admit that there were times in my career that the stress of fighting was too much, and I had to take a break because I had trouble processing it, and I couldn't be successful because the fear was too much. It shut me down. I find with you, you just found this from the beginning. You have this weird place you go that it just works for you. And I, you explained to me once, I don't even think you remembered saying it this way, but you told me once, you said that when I fight, I'm scared. And then I get mad at myself for being scared. And then I have to kill my opponent because he made me scared. I don't want to be scared. So he has to pay for it. <laughs> that doesn't sound like something I'd say. That sounds like a young baby K. Yeah, that's a Carl comment. I mean, yeah. you said that to me in your second amateur something fight. You, you described that. And I was like, that's genius. That's genius. <laughs> I, I, I would wish I would have heard that sooner. Uh, it, it works for me. I, I, the one I was. I get that question a lot. Like, how do you feel before a fight? I'm fucking terrified. I'm not. Yeah. I'm the terrified. The, the terrified doesn't go away until I step in that cage, and then it's like now it's too late. 
now everything's syncing out like i'd be like a weird cop the walk was the calm part for me i would hear them call my name and the music would play and then all the nerves would go away and i hit like the zen space i was just in the it was just like oof, everything went away and then it was just me in the fight i never had a problem with crowds whenever i fought there was n- i almost felt alone in there everything bled away do you feel the crowd no not, i don't really notice the crowd it's more of the situation like you know i'm fighting da, 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 now, my, now someone's trying to kill me yeah that, that walk out that go, that's like the last time it goes through your mind that walk out for me it's like the last time it goes through my mind like okay this is real let's get it done da, da, da. and then once i get like to pat it down save my say my pieces to y'all and do my little walk up the cage everything shuts off that's when baby k steps into the cage that's when that demon come out yeah you you i it's it's funny there's this this gray zone between when we're in the back, we warm up and then we're good, and then we get into this weird spot where I have no idea where the fuck you're at. <laughs> I have no clue where you're at. And we're and we're you know, usually underneath, you know, the the seating and the the TV guys getting ready to kick us out, and I'm like, I have no idea where the fuck he's at right now. I don't know if he wants to do this, doesn't want to do this. I can't tell because you just you go completely dark you're blank you're just like a hole in the world and and you just go to cage you know kind of do the bro hug and then you go in and you don't even want to do the bro hug i know you're only doing it because like we want you to do it we know you don't want to do it and then you go in and you don't really bounce you pace a little bit and then they call your name and then when it says go it's the first couple seconds okay what's gonna happen okay we're good And then it's over. So that's just the way it's been. But yeah, it's it's you're you're a tough one to read because sometimes you have a different intensity. The one time though, when we were backstage at Shogun fights, and then we were ready to go, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna do like 15 more minutes on the intermission." And I was like, "Fuck!" We were so ready to go, but then I had you throw a couple things, and your intensity, it was strange. I you were throwing stuff. I was uncomfortable with you shadow boxing in my direction. Like you could feel how badly you wanted to hurt something. That <laughs> I was like, there's no human being that's not gonna like shit himself the minute that's coming at him. I know that, I know that fight. That's the fight I walked out smiling. And that was the fight. That was the first fight back too. There was yeah, a lot yeah. of pen and bridge there. I, I, fought, I walked out smiling. Walked out with the weird, the six mile. Like the, something's wrong with this kid. Contender series kind of that one. That was just that just. We knew that just felt yeah, right. I don't know, and even Virginia felt that way yeah. too. So this one, I don't have a, I don't, I don't have a sense of where we're at yet because we haven't so really gotten out rhythm. We didn't really do anything. We did pretty much staying sharp, staying in, uh, staying in motion until we hit that, that, that crease where it kicks up. The first forty-eight hours after we got the call, definitely there was a little bit of the 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 vibe changed on the mat for a yeah. moment. It's it was like, time. ooh, it's ooh, time, baby. <laughs> ooh, we're there again. It's right time. It's so strange how it all works. Like now, like when I was an amateur, I was like, ah, oh, it's fight time. I think I was a little cool, wasn't getting paid for it. But yeah, the first couple fights, it's like, ah, oh, it's fight time. I'm stressed out. Now I actually get nervous but excited. UFC is different too, though, because every fight is the Super Bowl. Yeah. It, it's there's no. There's no regular season playoff. Every fight, every fight is Bowl, the fucking Super Bowl. Every fight is the last touchdown. Yeah, it, it's it's just the big play. It's I love it. But it's also that what separates the sport from any other. I don't see any other sport that has 
this kind of pressure because there's no other sport that well combat sports in general i mean we can go with other yeah. sports like boxing or whatever but there's no other kind of sport where the other team is actually training to kill you if they can yeah, exactly. like if you kill a guy in football you're gonna get in trouble for it yeah. <laughs> you know you, did, you literally did something wrong <laughs> that wasn't this your job yeah. but but if you kill a guy here it was your job you were exactly. supposed to do it it was the ref's so fault the ref messed up the matchmaker put the wrong guys together and yeah. someone died for it but whatever it's it's uh it's definitely a mind fuck that's that's i get a lot of a lot of discussions with people about that oh da 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 Football, this, this, and that. Baseball, this, this, and that. Get out of my face. You don't have another man specifically training to beat you and pick out your faults for four months. There's There's no other sport and no other sport other than combat sports that you have that. So that stress, a lot of people can't take that. No. That's why a lot of people say they want to be fighters until it comes down to it. Yes. And I find that... The break for most people is not even that. I think you're talking high level right now. Yeah. You're talking uh, – you worked through all the minor league bullshit yeah. in your head yeah. because the big one is nobody wants to be a highlight real knockout. They don't want to be embarrassed in front of their friends. Yeah. They won't want that kind of stuff. That's the yeah. shit that scares you in the beginning. Yeah, that's – now I'm talk about that. Sean Tompkins said to me best once. I remember Sam Stout got knocked out and I texted him. I was like, I'm really sorry about Sam. And he hit me back pretty fast. And he said, we just got knocked out on a pay-per-view in the UFC. Don't feel bad for Sam. And I was like, holy shit. That's a different – that's – that, No, that was – this was – Sean was past at that point. Oh, yeah. but this one, Sean was still alive. I wasn't dealing with a ghost. <laughs> but – he put that perspective. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I forget who we fought. I don't remember who we fought, but it was a while ago. It was on. It might have even been on Spike. But the the point on that one, they're so beyond worrying about the little things. They didn't care about looking stupid at that point because he appreciated so much the level at which they were competing, and they were happy yeah, the to be at, there. You gotta be. You have to mentally be ready. Like this could happen. Yeah, if that's the level you're at. You're not at a level where there's a big gap between skills. Everybody at this level is like, okay, they're capable of doing all for the For the yeah. rest of your life, Rashad yeah. Evans may be kicking your head off. Poor yeah. Sean Salmon. Sean Salmon is probably the prettiest high kick knockout in UFC history, yeah. and he will be the opening montage for the rest of his days. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like we we with your kids, you be like, yo, we got we got to turn this off real quick. Yeah, fifty I, seconds and we're good. Yeah, but then he would get to the point and be like, he'll be with his kids, going, hey, I'm the guy who got knocked out and won't give a shit anymore. Yeah, but hey, uh, yeah, this is why we have a nice house and uh, yeah. So appreciate this because my jaw still kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but if if on the way up, you do have to work your way through those yeah. kind of fears and apprehensions, and then, then when you get to a level like this, you do really have to accept that. There is a reality that if you fight long enough, there is a very good chance you will be laid out. Yeah, it comes with the game. Because if you're afraid of that, then and you're going to happen, you're bringing it on. Yeah, you're gonna speak it into existence. It's really crazy how that happens. Yeah. You, the, I can't tell you how many guys I've trained that. I'm like, Seriously. Okay, in this fight, the one thing we can't have happen is this, and they, yeah, they, they overfocus and make it happen. Yeah. That speak that's into existence. You can't do that. No. Because once it gets in your head, it becomes real, and then yeah. you just 
force it and weird shit happens. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I mean, there are certain times you see people have certain holes and you know bad shit's going to happen, but yeah. there's other times where you don't even have that hole you and you just create. You create it because you're over-focused on it. So it's like a striker versus a grappler. You get a, a guy who's a really high-level striker will will focus so much on wrestling against the wrestler. I can't get taken down. I can't get taken down. They get the striking and they get knocked out by the grappler. Yes. That's what happened in uh, Mirko Krokop, Gabriel Gonzaga. Yeah. Mirko Krokop. I remember that fight was on Spike. And they were doing the tape delay because it was in it was in England or something. Mm-hmm. So they had it happen in the morning, but then they showed it that night. And I remember I read the play-by-play, and I was like, there's no way this happened. There's no way. There, there's, someone's making a joke here. There's no way Mirko Krokop got knocked out by Gabriel Gonzaga. And we were watching it that night, and I know the outcome. I'm like – there's no way that oh shit it really did happen i could exactly not believe it, it happened it was the strangest thing it, it yeah that's that's why you've got to be ready for all levels but you can never forget who you are exactly i i said it the other day and i and i actually am finding more and more value and it was just strange it all kind of came together when we were talking the other night uh, i said that uh you know fighting and money doesn't change you it exposes you for who you are and it it I don't know where the hell it came from. It just kind of came to me. I've been thinking about it more, and it really does come down to to be successful in anything, especially in something as high pressure as this. You really do have to know who you are. Yeah, definitely. So all of these challenges we're talking about don't put you in a position where you feel like you're lacking, yeah. and then your your doubt is causing you to do the things that you don't need to do, yeah. and you can stay the course. Yeah. Like you really – are, have grown into understanding who you are as an athlete. Yeah. You understand how far you can go, but it's because you've you've tested it, you've yeah. pushed it. I'm, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and like be piling praises on you the whole yeah. time. I don't want you to get full of yourself, but too at the hum- same time, yeah, I've never been that type. Liar, but no, no. I'm, I've never been that type. I talk shit, but I've never been a fool of myself. Type. The I'm reason, not- and the reason I don't get upset with the shit talk is because the one thing to survive with us to survive with me in general and you know this with me and this goes back a long time like pre you is that you can talk shit in my gym but if you can't back it up (laughs) we will fucking hammer you (laughs) oh shit you you, definitely you know that's my rule you talk shit throw your gloves on you can't you have to earn the right to talk shit, shit and then you have to defend that right <laughs> <laughs> multiple times. Multiple times. It's not just one time. It's like multiple every times. fucking time you open your mouth, yes. you're going to defend it. Definitely, because we come guns blazing. It's just it's just the culture in which we do it's this. It's sports. It's fighting sports. Well, it's, it's the way in which we do it. You yeah. know we're a little bit different. Yeah. And I don't want people to think we're off. barbaric and we, like, we're Fuck killing that. each other. We're but barbaric and we push ourselves. Stop. We're bar- we Again, okay, there's a... I'm barbaric. But there's a health factor yes, in definitely. the way in which you go about it because... Barbaric to the point of... There's levels to this shit. Yeah. We're not dickheads. We're not going to put like a top-tier guy against a, a low-tier guy and just let him kill him. That's but, we, but we're fortunate enough to have the experience to know that there's levels yeah. and to have those levels develop in a particular fashion. Yeah. What I find the hardest part and the reason why... Look... I'm not complaining that we don't have this massive team because I can't clone myself and I don't want to water down 
the intensity of what we do by trying to take on too much. Yeah, and that used to be a struggle. Like when we first started, we had too many guys. Getting nah, not even like we had too many guys, but we were all separated. It wasn't, yes, it wasn't like yes. too many guys that we were all together. Like we used to come train and then disappear. We was never the guys to run together or nothing like that. And that was an issue for me in the beginning. Yeah. Now I like doing it by myself because I feel like if you can't do it by yourself, you need a crowd. That's going to expose you. And you know, with me, that's complete. That's my whole thing. That's yeah. why we we work is because you understand where I'm coming from, and that the guys that need that crowd, man, you're not you're not self reliant enough to do this because no matter what in combat sports, you're alone at the worst time. When you're on your back and somebody's pounding your fucking head in, it's up to you. To move, get up, not just fold and get... If you don't have it in you to get up early and run on your own or to put the reps in or to put the rounds in, if you need me to tell you you need one more round, I need to tell you to... I need to be the guy that has to stop you from going. That was an issue with us too. You can't train them. What? Yeah. Not done. Nice. Go but that's the attitude where we're hungry oh, yeah. to push because we don't individually we don't want to not be prepared yeah. in those bad moments where if you're if you're looking for too many crutches and that's what it goes back to the steroid thing and it goes back to like the crowd thing you know I don't I don't want somebody to feel that they got a spot at the cool kids table yeah. this is not a cool kids table this is a hard working group of people yeah. it's the wolves then it's not the cool kids table. Get eight out, get eight alive in here. And that's that's cool. But, but it's what makes us any fresh, aspect yeah. of where like people who lift weights, like the top tier people who are in the like the strongest man competition, those are not the ones with the people in the gym with them yelling, "Do this, do this, do this." Those are people who go to the gym six o'clock when nobody else is there. Jay Titlebaum goes into his garage yeah. by himself and lifts up yeah. an Atlas stone until he can't fucking lift exactly. it anymore. And, and he defines when he can't lift it anymore because he can't fucking lift it anymore. It's not that he doesn't want to lift it anymore. He can't. Exactly. And that's the attitude. And he came out of the program. He came He came yeah. out of the program. He knows. And that's that's just that the way mind, it rolls. That mindset sets you apart from everybody in any aspect of life, workplace, any aspect. Yep. That's what people got to realize. I find that the biggest struggle for us, though, is – with in terms of when I was saying I'm glad that I don't have the biggest team and it's it's I'm all you know we always have to expand because we need yeah. we need people to work with and we still you know we're we're not a closed minded closed door whatever we're always trying to develop but the one thing is and this is not like oh millennials suck they don't want to put in the work it's <laughs> always been the problem is that when you do this right there are levels to it and you have to accept what level you're at. And you have to do work to progress through the levels. Yeah. And too many fucking guys want to come in and be treated like they're, you know, the UFC next Conor McGregor. And it's not even UFC level because UFC level has a lot of connotation to it. There's levels to There's that levels as well. To that there are guys in the Magano UFC. showed that. Yes. Levels to it. Big time. There, yeah, there, there are guys um, in the UFC that are pretty basic, uh, man. Yeah. And even then the, even that light heavyweight fight with. Um, the champion uh, Vulcan. Oh my God, that was even that was level yep. to it. And Vulcan probably crushes everyone in the room. Yeah, he's probably top dog where he's coming from. Yeah. But yeah, just give it to him. Give it to him. No. Just give it to him. Make him feel better. No. He ain't nothing to feel bad about. He, no, he went out there did his fucking thing. He just he just fought someone better than yeah. him. Yeah, that's all. He's better than him that night. He gonna come back stronger. 
But you're not going to be in a top tier like when understanding the levels. You can't be at a high level because you want to be at a high level. You're only going to be at a high level because you did the work. Yeah. So you got to do the work. So shut the fuck up and do the work. You know, it's the guy that's coming in, doesn't come to class and says, I want to fight. Well, let me give you a pro tip. You should train before you fight. <laughs> pro tip. Shut up and get on the mat. Yeah. Train. And just because you're on the mat doesn't mean you're training either. Yeah. Training is listening Working specific things. Addressing yeah. the challenges and yeah, working and on skills. Yeah. If you get on the mat, you don't push yourself to your limit, as in mental limit, like, oh, I got to work on keeping my hand up. Because that's a mental thing. That's not a physical thing. And that will mentally drain you. Yep. And most people don't understand that. Like, oh, I'm tired physically. No, but you're mentally not tired because you can still do it. So work that. And most people don't understand that. You got to push yourself to your limits mentally and physically. To evolve. One of the hardest things for any person to do is to give themselves over, to give the control up, because that's really scary. Yeah. Giving control up's hard. Yeah. To to trust another human being with your whatever well is, being. <laughs> I mean, your whatever. That's your but well-being. but in general, I I mean, it comes down to so many things. I mean, even outside of the gym, to give up your control on the things you feel you have a good grasp on. But to trust another person is hard. And then to do it in this, and that's where a lot of guys fall short, where they come in and they try and control their camps. And they they have convinced themselves they're doing it because they know better. But yeah. in reality, they're doing it because they don't want to do the hard work. Exactly. They're, they're, con- doing, they're doing just enough to feel good about themselves. Yes. And they stop. They say, oh, I need to stop. No, it's not that you need to. It's because you want to. Exactly. And that's not cool. You can't do what you want to do. You have to do what you need to do. And the only way you're going to find out what you need to do is to have the right person in your corner that knows. Somebody who's looking out, looking in from outside. Yes. Because they see stuff that you can't see. And the funny one is anyone that's ever done anything hard knows that there are times we need someone else to kick us in the ass to find out how far we really can go. Because it gets hard. And we stop. Yeah. When it gets really hard, we tend to stop. Yeah. When it gets really, really hard, we still stop. Yeah. So there gets to that point where you need that challenge. And a lot of times you need – that's what a coach I, – I was talking with Anoop about this. I said as a coach, yes, I'm putting out there technical information. But more than anything, I'm constantly throwing challenges at you that are going to peel back the layers so you figure out who you are and what you're doing and all that kind of stuff because – it's the challenges that define us out here. It's not just doing the technical work. So you may say, well, I think I'm done, but you don't know. So you need someone to say, no, you need to find that out. And you need the confidence to go deeper sometimes. And you have to know that some of those scary places we have to go, you do have to go. Yeah. That's where you got to live. Especially in this sport where you got to live in scary places. Uncomfortable. Dark. I always, I always feel like when you, when you want to stop sparring, you should always go one more round. Yeah. When we want to stop, that's when you should go. Because that's in my mind, when I want to stop, that's when I tend to go harder. And that's when I start throwing harder, start pushing myself, because that's when the real work starts. And But that is definitely the culture in which we train, and, and that is one of the main things I try and ingrain in everyone is that pain, fatigue, tired, those are excuses to go harder, yeah. not to quit. Unless I'm hurt, I'm not going to stop. I, I laugh. I don't want anyone to – I said this a long time ago. I said I don't want anyone to wake up 40 years old with a ponytail, driving a Porsche, 
trying to bang young girls because they were trying to fill the hole that quitting in some amateur fight did to them. Damn. That was a very eighties. That was a very eighties comment. Say, a ponytail yeah, <laughs> but that shows you how long I've been doing this because that's because when I said it, that was kind yeah. of the thing. There was yeah. a lot of old guys driving Porsches with ponytails. Now it's probably a, a man bun and a Mustang. Yeah. <laughs> The challenger. Yes, definitely. It's definitely a challenger. The challenger. A red one with a big stereo. But I don't want anybody to look to be in a fucked up place because yeah. they created doubt by not you doing gotta, it you right. You live life with no regrets. Like you gotta push yourself to you won't regret anything. Leave everything out there. Why not? Hey man, if you want to be a warrior, you gotta be prepared to be carried on your shield or carry your shield off the field. For real. Yeah, that's that that I you said it, you stole it from me. I'm I saying did. it again. You know, I the samurai this, whatever. <laughs> the samurai most, most comfortable. I can't even say it. Now you <laughs> fuck me up. The God samurai, damn it. Most prepared to die or live the longest. Yeah. There we go. But you have to you have to you have to live in a way that you're you're gonna be proud if that's the end. That was Native Americans had a, a, before battle they had a thing they would say today's a good day to die and they fought like it was the last fight they were going to have vince lombardi said it with the green bay packers he said you got to play every play like it's your last play and the fucked up thing about combat sports is literally could be your last man your last glory fight could have been your last fight Dude, that blew everything up. when your bicep blew out you may not have come back you never know yeah. i used to think before fights Am I going to be disfigured? Is like something going to be broken beyond repair when I come out? I used to, so I'd be in the back warming up, and it was, is my knee going to be worse forever? Is my <laughs> neck going to be worse forever? Is my nose going to be crooked? Am I going to have a line on my face? Like, what what could happen here? So many, so many, so many gray lines, so many gray areas. It, it's it's strange. I love that one thing at the UFC headquarters where they have the photo, of the before and after photos from the fights. Where you see the guy's face yeah. all clean, then they come back yeah, and they're a like bloody like mess. Yeah. Jesus, but you know what? Ninety percent of those people had smiles on their face. Oh fuck! Yeah. I, I absolutely embrace the violence yeah. aspect of it. Why not? Scars and enjoy. It. Yeah, people look at me like Scars I'm nuts. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 44 in like two weeks, and my you you know my hips been bugging me. My, back's fucked up my neck hurts my hands are all messed up and i got a bad knee and my wife she's always why do you always smile when talking about those things it's damage that i took living the life these are my battle scars i don't have a bad hip because i wrote a desk i i have a bad hip because i've been kicking people in the face all over the world for the I last 20 years like what did you do well, i worked at a at a desk for 40 years. Nah, bitch. I was kick people in the face. I just, again, I do it on my own terms, you know? I, I did my thing, and I keep doing my thing, and it is what it is. And if, if you're going to have aches and pains, get them from doing the things that I'm you've always wanted love. to do and you love to do. Uh, there are certain – was it? Frank's got a bad shoulder from carrying rebar on his union you know, ironworker job. And there's a pride in being an iron worker that he has. And I, I relate that to the pains that we get from this career as well. For him, I, he's building buildings and 
bridges and that kind of stuff and he's making monuments to his generation and he feels pride and he's connected to it so you gotta respect it like you like that's that's some cool shit you drive over something that you built like that's yeah go to new york and see something that you built like that's i had a hand in making that history yeah building a building to him is kicking somebody in the face for me (laughs) but that that's just how it is we all have our thing but i don't think Anybody is less if they don't fight the way we've fought. I just think you have to fight your fight in life. Everybody has a fight. It, it, it could be being the best dad, being the best husband, being the best whatever. You know, I One thing with raising a kid, when my son was born, you know my schedule was nuts then too because uh, just – my my job situation was a little while I, I was not sleeping very much i was working long hours i was in the gym early going to a day job coming back to the gym at night you know my kid wasn't really sleeping the fighting got me through that when i had to get up at three o'clock in the morning and change a diaper it was i've never been knocked out this fucking kid ain't stopping me you know there was just this feeling i have to keep going and i can push and that's why it's really important that we do things that you know we find out how far we can go and hopefully we've got people around us that are going to work with us so we take on those challenges and we really do figure that shit out. Yeah. That's how we came together. I, I, you didn't you didn't like to push, and I had to push you so hard that you, you lost your – Bitch. I don't even know what it was. Were you, I know for myself that I was afraid of the pain of how of pushing that hard would bring. I didn't like being tired, that tired or that hurt or that or – that, burning death feeling of like going really hard and I, I i definitely at one point in my career was afraid of that and then i just had to torture myself until the point where i actually started to enjoy it where you i don't when you first started you you quit a lot yeah what why wouldn't you push did you just I, not I, like I, being I, uncomfortable i don't know if it's like being. i just didn't i don't think i mentally knew how to push that far like sometimes, like you said, you need someone to show you yeah. the route, and I didn't. I don't think I ever knew. So we just put a heavy bag on the floor, and you had to jump over it, and that heavy bag I let probably, you figure it out. I probably jumped over that shit for like two and a half hours. <laughs> well, until it broke, man. Fuck it. It was until it broke. It was what it was. No, I think I broke an hour in. Two you, hours. The, the, the extra hour and the hour after that, that was just icing on the cake. But you've never questioned your ability to go, no matter yeah. what, since. Yeah, never. And that's. Now I try to find ways to try to see if I can break myself. Yep. Like, I don't have to run 10 miles. I do that shit just because I know I, why not? And that's where the mental part, It's your mental game is super important. But if your mental game is strictly mental and there's no physical backing of the yeah. bullshit you're telling yourself... It's not real, yeah. and then you're living a lie. You can't walk around saying that you're the toughest man in the room if you've never fought another human being in a room. You can't walk around and say you're the strongest guy around if you've never picked up a weight. You can't say you have the best endurance if you've never actually gone and pushed yourself. Exactly. You could say you're willing to die, but you've never tried to – Die. <laughs> yeah, without suicide, but you've never tried to kill yourself in training. Yeah. How do you know? You're full of shit unless yeah. you've done it. And it will be exposed, especially in this game. And YouTube creates a lot of that. I mean, how many fucking people are pushing that one video at one point? um, What's his face? Fucking Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. The guy who played Muhammad Ali. Will Smith? Will Smith gave gave an interview talking about dying on treadmill. Yeah. 
And he's like, but he's he's talking from his aspect that he knew what he had to push through. And most people are saying that, oh, I'd rather down. Like, they don't get the analogy he actually meant. And but so you get a lot of people that are oh I would die on a treadmill too I would never quit shut the fuck up you never even quit. seen a treadmill you quit. like <laughs> I can tell by the way you said that you quit yeah you have to be prepared to die I was telling this to somebody the other day I was talking they were saying what was the hardest thing I ever did and I can say that the hardest fight I had wasn't even competitive I had to fight a twenty man fight to get my second degree black belt in Sado Kaikan Karate in Switzerland. We flew to Switzerland for the weekend to give a seminar, and they're like, yeah, you're going to fight for your rank. You had to fight 20 full-contact fights. It was 22-minute rounds against 20 different people, and you had to fight these guys. And I got kicked in the head in the sixth round, sixth round and I don't remember until the 16th round much of anything. I watched the video, and I don't know what the fuck happened. I just went on autopilot, and I went. But, I, but it really fucking hurt. And I and I got that 16th round. I think I came to because it hurt so bad. My body was just on fire. Everything hurt. And then I had to fight the world champ from Sato in the final round, Harris Rise. And he hit me so hard, he actually partially tore my abductor, and I couldn't pick up my leg for about a month. But he beat the living piss out of me. And luckily, it was only two minutes. Oh, fuck, man. That was crazy. It was 40 minutes straight of fighting. No break. It was 40 minutes. The only break I got was the one guy walking off, the next guy walking on. And it was bare knuckle, bare shin, fucking hard. But the thing, my point about it was that it was that kind of experience, having to push through that level of pain, made everything else easy. Training was easy. Everything was easy. People, I would happily go and do horrible things because people, people were like, what? Why are you okay? I'm like, you have no idea what I've done to myself. <laughs> Like, this is nothing. Oh, what? Lift to failure? Push-ups to failure? Fuck you. That's fun. That's fun. Let's go. I'm good. But you have to put yourself in a position where you test yourself and you take on some weird challenges. People make fun of karate and they say it's goofy, whatever. Japanese full-contact karate is one of the hardest things I've ever done, if not the hardest thing I've ever done. And the hard part about it was it was the mentality of not – it was always pushing to be your best at everything all the time. It was a little too extreme and it broke my body and it broke a lot of people's bodies, but the attitude was right to be a winner in a very hard sport in a very hard world. It was – and the markers they had. You had to fight for rank. You couldn't get rank if you couldn't beat another human being up. And people say that's too extreme. No, you know, Martial arts is development. But this is combat yeah, sports. Exactly. So you have to be effective at combat. It's like saying uh, self-defense. Uh, you can't – be a self-defense teacher if you never defended yourself. Well, it's exactly. the it's the one that do the drills where yeah. you know you go. They're like, do this exact movement this yeah. way. And I seen the perfect example of that dude was like, y'all think like this is a game? Like I've been stabbed, <laughs> and he's like, this nobody comes at you this calm with a knife. No, he said so. What you learned, show me how it does. He shows him, does his move. He's like, okay, now I'm gonna show you how really realistic this is gonna happen. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna take out the knife. Okay, now you showed you did. Huh? Stabbing like four times. Now, what worked? No, yep. exactly. So, touche. All this isn't like if you haven't been in a real world situation, you can't 
say that you can do something. It's the savage on the pads yeah. who's a bitch in sparring. Exactly. I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> or the or the guy who drills like a hundred percent and then you go to spar. Oh, let's take it easy. Yeah. Motherfucker, you've been kicking my leg off when I'm standing there and I'm not allowed to yeah, check exactly. it and you're knocking my leg off and now yeah. I get a chance and you're not. Like nah, we're going. You have to take this ass with me. Yeah, I I, I find. The value of all this is really that push factor. That push factor really just grounds us and it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning of this conversation is to be good at this, you really have to know who you are. And the only way you're really going to know who you are is to push yourself in a way that's going to require everything that you are to get through it. That and uh, self-talk. Like, I talk to myself a lot. But you bet – but – you only have to talk to yourself because of the things you're doing. If yeah. all you're doing is talking to yourself, you're yeah. fucking crazy. You're schizophrenic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, that explains. But if you're taking on a challenge that's making you nervous and forcing you to t- have to talk to yourself, that is the appropriate challenge. If you're not a little bit nervous by the challenges you accept, what the fuck's the point? It's not going to actually be a challenge. Yeah, you're just in your comfort zone. Yeah, like, really? really? Like, seriously, this guy – hey. You you took on the you you know we ex- agreed to fight this guy. I watched some fight footage. I get a little bit nervous. I say, oh shit! All right, we got work to do. Yeah, he hit hard. He's a big dude. Hits big hard. Dude, hits lefty. Hard. Got a lot of experience. Lefty got experience. Got to think. I'm new. I'm still young in this game. I'm fighting people been in this game for 15, 20 plus years. So, so as a coach, it's making me say I have to pay attention to what this guy's done. I've got to pay attention to what you're doing. I've got to push you in that direction you're looking at it saying this is what i've got to do i've got to do my thing get in shape the whole nine yards that little pucker factor that fear we got when we that little jolt it's making us be better yeah without that you want to strive to be better at if all. it was an easy fight i'd be i wouldn't even yeah. i i those are the ones that scare me the most because i don't want to lose to no yeah. bum <laughs> those are the ones like bro i think you might be overtrained like now nah. I'll be damned if I lose to this guy. <laughs> the guy that you're supposed to beat on paper is the scariest fucking yeah. fight because if you lose, everybody questions who you yeah, are. Like, are you really that good? And that's when the- Let's keep taking the fights that everybody expects you to lose yeah, and I'm keep winning, okay and then you're good. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. I tell people all the time, I love being an underdog. So when I knock you out, surprise, bitch. I'm such an angry person. I Seriously. love being the underdog because I just want to say fuck you to everybody. Yeah, I'm such an angry person. I'm not... I tell people I'm the angriest person with a smile on my face. Yeah. And most people don't understand that. Like, I, like 90, 95% of the time, I want to hurt you. But also, we realize we're world-class at what we do. Each of us. I know at a coaching level, I know the level I'm at. As an athlete, you know the level you're at. I know us together what a level we're at. And anyone who doubts that, I'm like, go ahead, motherfucker, doubt it. Let's go. Challenge us. Let's let's go. Please doubt us. Pull the card. It's better for out. us. That's what I'm saying, yeah. It is funny though. A lot of people are are ducking. There are a lot of people that won't give the credit, but they also won't sign to take yeah. the fight. It's like, oh, he's too new. He's not that good. He don't have a name. Sign. Find out. Yeah, you're worried about your career. Yeah, you need to be worried about your life because when I'm in there, I'm not trying to just win. I'm actually trying to hurt you. It's funny. This is a natural conversation for us, uninitiated to the banter in which we talk. <laughs> May not understand this. This is really not a cocky thing. Because the reality of accepting the death part is the last – that's where the humility is. Because we're not sitting here saying we can take on the world. We're saying we're prepared to take on the world and it's going to be what it's going to be. And we want to find out how good we are. If he dies, he dies. Yeah. We just want to know. 
That's all? Yeah. If we're the best, I we want to beat. I we want, want that shot. That's, that's pretty much what every fight is. Are you the best? Every fight. In every fight, you'll go out there and prove it. Some guys don't want to prove it, though. Yeah. Some guys want to fake it until yeah, they run into it. it. And those are those careers, meteoric rise, super fast fall. Some of those guys really are good, and then they yeah. then they start listening to the hype, and then they fall because yeah. they stopped doing the work that got them there. But then you have the other guys that really weren't there that happened to get the right string of people together. That happens, and then you run into it. That's the local circuit, too. Yeah. That's the one you're getting bummed because you're selling a lot of tickets, and then they give you a real challenge, and you lose, and those are the guys that disappear. Yeah. You know, you got. Oh, uh, not my thing anymore. Yeah. I want to be a cop. <laughs> <laughs> or I want to be a lot of things. I want to be, be an insurance salesman. I, I, I feel that. It's good to find it out there because I would rather figure it out on the local circuit yeah. in front of friends and family than in front of a couple million people. I don't want to be stuck in a career because getting to the UFC is not an easy thing. It was six yeah. years of your life to get there, yeah. and you don't want to figure out seven years in that maybe I should have paid more attention in school. <laughs> maybe I should have actually went to school. Because at that point, you're pushing 30 yeah. or you're 30, and you don't want to have to start over then. Exactly. That's why I embrace the things you love is – quickly as possible but the only way to do that is to really know who you are and the only way you can figure that out is taking on the challenges yeah. and, and and i think taking on the challenges you don't have to fight but you have to train hard at something you can come here take class work your ass off how much you know one thing it blew my mind i was saying to my wife the other night about it i really enjoyed doing these podcasts with just the regular guys from the gym because i really forget how much People appreciate being challenged this way. Yeah, because a lot of people don't. Like, a lot of people won't even know they like it until it happens. Well, I don't give guys an opportunity to even talk to me about it. A yeah. lot of times, I'm a busy fuck. I come in, I teach class, I gotta go, whatever. I don't <sighs> hang out as much as I used to. And to sit down and to talk to Frank, who's you know forty something years old, talking about doing kickboxing as this like priority he, in life. He talks about kickboxing like a kid talking about candy. Yeah. His eyes light up. He gave up lifelong activities. He played in a competitive softball league his whole life. He stopped playing it because he didn't want to miss class. That that just is different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Trent talking about what this has meant for him and his racing career and then – How it helped him mentally. Was... Talking to guys after sparring and then – there are guys, I say it all the time, there are guys that I look at in class, I'm like, I don't think this motherfucker likes me. I don't think he even <laughs> likes his class. I don't think he wants to be here. And then afterwards, yeah, that was a great class. You really you really understood what I was thinking at that time. And I'm like, oh, shit, if you know what I was really thinking, you thought, I, I'm thinking like, fuck, is this guy going to come back next, next time? Because he looks miserable right now. But everybody's going through their own shit, and they're dealing with their own thing. And the beauty of what we're doing here is that everybody's going through their own shit. Yeah, that's what you got to realize. Most places you go are designed so that you never deal with your shit. You're distracted from it. Yeah. Those are the most packed places in life. Yeah. The bars and the movie theaters, bars, movie theaters and the, the stores. Strip clubs. Yeah, where you're just consuming to get away. Yeah. But then Learning you from yourself. And this is the place where it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what you drive. It doesn't matter what you've done during the day. Nothing matters. All that matters right now is are you going to quit? you going to listen? you going to push? you going to work with the group? Pretty much. That's it. And that's, that's, that's the cool part about this. And these conversations ground me and 
you know, uh, I, I like to talk about the, the, the big fights and the different things we do, but the day in, day out aspect of it and the success that we find with just so many different walks of life is what keeps me in the game. And I know with you, like embracing all the different aspects of it, that's what keeps you going. And you really got to love every aspect of it. You can't just pick and choose or stay safe. You, you got to just embrace it, embrace the suck, and keep challenging every day. Embrace the suck because there's a lot more suck than there is anything else. And I, I, I actually didn't like being hit. I used to I used to hate being hit hard. And then this one guy who used to hit me really, really hard, and I used to hit him as hard as I could, and it never seemed to bother him. I had a conversation with him, and I, I just said, you don't understand. I'm going home, and I'm on suicide watch because <laughs> I don't know how you're taking my best shit and smiling at me every time, and I just want to dig a hole and like hide every time you hit me. And he said, you know, man, I trained myself just to – giggle when people hit me he goes i'm not smiling at you to piss you off goes, i'm smiling to make sure that my emotional response to pain is happiness <laughs> i was like wow i think that's literally what i do when i get hit hard it just clicks like yeah it's like, okay everybody okay. says that like i hit you hard and i just see your mouthpiece and I just smile you, like, yeah, you can literally train yourself from yeah. being scared to pain adversity challenge becoming your happy place yeah I said to Sam Orpeza once, Sam Orpeza was a good MMA fighter out of Philly, fought Bellator, a bunch of stuff. He, we, we worked together here and there. Uh, Sam and I always had a good relationship. And I said to him once, he was cool. He liked to have, he liked to have deep conversations about shit. But we uh, were talking, he was talking about basically how the human response tends to be fear. And I said, but if we can be conditioned to be afraid we can also can be we can be conditioned for the opposite. Exactly. We can be conditioned to get hungry. We can be conditioned to run to the gunfire instead of run away from the gunfire. So they do to you in the military. Yes. They condition you to run toward. They away. strip you down and rebuild you. Casper said to me, "We got a guy, uh, Matt Casper. There's fights coming up, and I told him he's got to prove some things to me before I'm going to let him fight. But I would like to see him fight and whatever." And he, he messaged me. He said, there's a lot of ass kickings coming my way, aren't there? And I, my response back was, we've got to you know, break you so we can rebuild you and turn you into a fighter. And that's really, no matter what you do, you have to break yourself down to where you're nothing. And that's what the military does best. Yeah. That's what they got it down to a science. organized competitive training does. Could have been my phone. Is that your phone, my phone? Yeah, it was you. But yeah, the, the the good training breaks you down to your most vulnerable self, and then puts you in touch with it, and then rebuilds you a warrior. And that's yeah, what we do. Go home, rethink your life, and then wake up the next morning, do it again. Do you really want to do this? Yeah. It's funny how yeah. many guys we get to the point where we say, "Do you really want to do this?" and we never see him again. Yeah. You really want to do this? It's yeah, like, I'll, be, I'll be in tomorrow. Yeah, which tomorrow? <laughs> What's your definition of tomorrow? I, I have this one dude, Big Jamie Holland. He used to joke with me, "I'll see you Tuesday," but he never told me which Tuesday. <laughs> then a year later, on a Tuesday, he'd pop in and be like, "I told you I'm coming in Tuesday. I just didn't tell you which one." <laughs> 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 Fuck.
All right, Carl. All right, brother. Look, man, I am excited for the fact that you will be fighting in Rio May 12th against Cesar. His nickname is the Mutant, so that his name is Cesar Mutante. So hopefully we'll continue doing what we've been doing in yeah, terms of the first round. There. But if it's going to be three, it's going to be three. That's, Fuck it. It is what it is. We train for three. It just happens always. We train for 100. Yeah, so. Shit. It's gonna that's, be what it's gonna be. Wait. I'm pretty sure people are like, like the mindset is, oh, I can't out wrestle him, I can't out strike him. Let's see if I can outlast him. Yeah, whatever. What they don't realize is that I'm not really warmed up until like the middle of the first second. Yeah. Cause then I start bugging. That's when I start smiling at you. That's when dangerous shit start to come. I think deep water is a dangerous place to go with you, not for you. Yeah. I think any guy that chooses to go deep, I understand. Deep's where we're training yeah, to be. That's, 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 that's where the, the real dangerous animals like to swim. So. Yeah, man. So, that's hey. Where, that's where we swim at. It's our turn to back up uh, all this shit yeah, we've been talking. That's, that's, that's what I like to do. Yeah. I like to hurt people. It is what lie. it is. So, Carl, where can people stay in touch with you? Uh, Instagram, K underscore baby K underscore Robinson. And on Twitter, K baby K. All right? Come check me out. If you need anything, hit me up. I always respond. And I'm a, a friendly asshole, so friendly. You wanna you wanna get some giggles in? I like to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Brian Wright seven three two, actually Brian Wright seven three two dot com, and then Brian Wright seven three two on Instagram and Twitter. Find me all over Facebook as well if you're still on there. Are people still on Facebook? Yeah, that's what most people do business. At. What do you think about Snapchat's re- rebuild? I know we were I, done. I, but I stopped using Snapchat before they even redid. So Me too. And then I went on this morning because I was seeing the articles about it. It's a fuck show. I don't know. I think they're trying to get rid of it because Snapchat bought Instagram or Instagram bought Snapchat? No, no, no. Instagram no. bought Facebook. No, Facebook bought Instagram, yeah, but so. that was originally a long time ago. Yeah, but Snapchat got- went public, moved out of the United States to England, and I honestly think it was a stock grab. I think the guy did it just to make a lot of money and check out. Yeah, they're selling a shit ton of advertising though. Yeah. But – all right, you can find me, Brian Wright 732 on Instagram <laughs> and on Twitter. You can find us, thehivecast.com. You can download all of our episodes. This is actually episode 14, so we're getting a nice catalog together. Let's go, baby. You can find us on the Hivecast is also available on TuneIn, on iTunes, and Google Play. So yeah, we're a lot of places. Also on SoundCloud. Yeah, we're on SoundCloud too. So check us out. Thank you again to Sucker Punch Entertainment, the management company that keeps getting us the fights and the sponsors and the relationships that keep this ball rolling. Meal plans to go. Pure Spectrum. And anybody else we want to throw out there, Carl? Uh, New Jersey Nutrition. Bulldogs and Barbells. We'll throw it out. You've been rolling there. Say Dante Rivera. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the rounds. Yeah. uh, Nick Atones. Nick Atones for the sparring on Saturdays. Driven Jim for the sparring on Wednesdays. Corey Anderson for being the best teammate. Rex, get better so you can come back and you can hold that spot for us. It's been lonely on Saturdays. (laughs) David Branson began in work. I send a shout out to him. him. He's fine the same day as Corey. Which is awesome as well to see the boys getting the work in. So, two vets. All right, it's been a long day. This is the Hive Podcast, and we are out. That was good.